1: The 42 cast, your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. As always, I'm your host, Nathan, and we have another great episode lined up for you where we're going into the archives and giving our review of Jessica Jones Season 3. Yes, it is something of a milestone for us as we finally clear out all of our reviews for the Marvel Netflix series. Jessica Jones Season 3 was the last of the seasons released. It is something that I have wanted to release for a while, uh, and we're finally getting to that. For those keeping score at home, the ones that we still have yet to release are Runaways Season 3 and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 7 from the Marvel TV days, so we still do have a few of those kicking around, and we still have Legion Season 3 from the Fox TV days. But other than that, (laughs) we're caught up (laughs) with Marvel TV to where it closed, so Not too many of these old ones kicking around in the archives now. We got a couple non-Marvel ones. There's a Fringe episode and an episode on My Little Pony, of all things. So look forward to that. Those will be coming soon. I am determined to release these this year. Clear out that backlog. Get us back to where we've caught up mostly on movies and topics and all the other stuff that we release. It's just some of these TV show season reviews that we have that are still kind of old. But I mean, the nice thing is these shows are shows that are over. So the reviews that we have on them aren't time-dependent or anything. Nothing that happens right now is going to change any of those opinions or make them obsolete. So, yeah. So I think that I've rambled enough here. Let's join the episode already in progress. Before we delve into that sad news, we're going to have some other sad news when I introduce my nemesis, Ryan Guthrie. How are you doing, Ryan?
2: What? Sad?
1: (laughs) 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 Yeah, it's a
2: shame
3: this podcast is one-sided, because I'm sure the listeners are rejoicing right now that I am here yet again.
1: Credit for the fact that um, that, um, the episode that... um, uh, Lee on the X-Track uh, liked uh, from the show. You are like, that must have been one of mine. <laughs> yeah. It's
2: the
3: only thing that makes sense. Right, know? yeah, exactly. It has logically, yeah. <laughs> so how are you doing, Ryan? I'm hanging in there, uh, counting down the days at Dragon Con. I think we're at like two weeks now. Um, and just, you know, uh, trying to stay busy until then and just not look at the clock. Have you started your new job? Haha, <laughs> Sort of. Uh, they're like orientation is about as far as I've gotten. <laughs> it's kind of funny because, um, well, I say it's kind of funny, but it's, uh, it's, it's literally something It's paid for through grant money and research money and all that other jazz. And um, technically speaking, they don't even need me full time until like the second week of September. So until then, it's kind of like, yeah, we'll find something for you to do tomorrow, maybe. And if not, you know, I go home.
1: So, I'm not complaining. Not too different from other things you've done, then?
3: Well, only in the sense that there's way more free time. So, <laughs> that's a little bit different.
1: <laughs> Otherwise, exactly <laughs> the Your same. Your amount of contribution <laughs> is not too different. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, so what? what is this, John? I don't think you uh, you said yet what, what you're doing.
3: No, I haven't. Huh. I'll talk to you about it at DragonCon.
1: Oh, okay. oh, is it super cool. secret? <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is it is it actually creating Ant Man? Yeah, right. (laughs) Using your work with
3: ants, (laughs) you know. First off, the don't even that see that that I love Ant Man, but you're going to get me started about the stupidity of the whole shrinking the space between atoms, and (laughs) sometimes density remains, and sometimes it doesn't, and and that's you know that's other than that, Ant Man was great, and the fact that you know he kept calling the ants. Boy names, but whatever. I guess, you know, we don't want to stereotype non-gender names.
1: Maybe they were soldier ants.
3: Well, most most ants that you meet, because, <laughs> you know, you meet them so often. <laughs> but, yeah, most ants and bees that you see are going to be female.
1: Right. No, I get that. I get that. But soldier ants are male, right? No, so, soldier
3: ants are just a type of ant.
1: Oh, okay. I thought that, like, like there were workers, soldiers, and oh, you queens. Mean,
3: you mean cast? No, no. No, uh-uh. They're, uh they are uh Every pretty much every type of the only males are basically just around to breed and nothing else. They they develop, they grow their wings, they go out, they find a queen, and then they die shortly after.
1: All right, well, <laughs> that's our educational segment for the day. Well, I mean, if
3: you really want to get into it, we can go into <laughs> you know, um, uh,
1: how they're haplo diploid and the males
3: only have one set of chromosomes, but the females have two sets of chromosomes. It's really fascinating. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Be that as it may, we can table that for another episode. Fine. <laughs> well, it's good to have you back on, Ryan. Good to be back. I say grudgingly. Uh, <laughs> but then we're going to go to some good news, and we're going to welcome back Angie. How are you doing, Angie?
4: I'm good. I'm happy to be
1: back. And uh, what have you been up to since the last time you were on the show?
4: Uh I wish anything exciting but um work's been kind of nuts we're getting audited so it's been all sorts of fun trying to keep all that under control
1: oh okay sure sure. so I've
4: mostly just been watching Westworld and drinking all of my all of the wine in my house
1: okay. <laughs> how are you on your uh fringe, re- fr- uh fringe rewatch
4: I just finished up the first season I think I'm gonna have to start um cherry picking episodes to oh, okay. get through the rest of it before we before we podcast on it.
1: Okay. Well, it's now been delayed to sometime in September, so you got a little more time.
4: Yeah. Darn.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, maybe, you know, you can like really binge it and get the whole thing in.
4: That would be awesome actually.
1: <laughs> well, nobody's stopping you, right? Not so far. Okay, well there you go. <laughs> All right, let's get to have you back on Angie. Yeah,
4: thanks
1: And finally a voice you have not heard in a long time and that is our expert in all things MCU That is my buddy Jen. How are you doing Jen?
0: I am doing excellent, sir All
1: right, and what have you been up to in the past year since you've been on the show?
0: Um, I have uh, been working on my Ph.D. in English, and uh, I am now through all of my coursework, which at this point um, I would be taking comprehensive exams and then doing a dissertation proposal and then writing my dissertation, but um, I have decided that I am going to take some time off uh, to do get my the rest of my life back together because it's been on hold for about three years mm. and then I will be returning to school uh this time
1: next year okay so that means a year that we can get you on the podcast huh
0: hopefully although my my dance card is actually filling up very fast I I did not expect uh that um when I because I used to write role-playing games mm-hmm. and i was uh, k- kind of surprised when i when i hung my shingle out recently i i thought oh, well you know i'll just say hey i'm available if anybody needs editing and i thought no one's gonna get in touch with me and i got mobbed oh my god so i have about nine books to do in the next six months now <laughs> ow
1: that's, yeah, um, but
0: it's it's great. It's it's stuff that I love doing, and it's for people that that, that I like. So
1: yeah, no, I no, like that's stuff. that's. I mean, uh, it might be bad timing wise, but uh, you know you're gonna get some extra money, so that's not bad.
0: Absolutely, absolutely.
1: Yeah. All right, cool deal. So uh, yeah, um, but you're not you're not going to join us for DragonCon, are you?
0: I am not. I, I have uh, I have plans for that weekend, and uh, it's. Uh, I, I'm I'm hoping to get back in a couple of years, but it's. It, Dragon Con is is just a lot of stress for me because mm-hmm. I don't like crowds, and it has about tripled since the days uh, that that I used to go on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, that that requires a little little extra prep and time and uh that's that's not going to happen for this year but maybe maybe in a couple years
1: okay yeah i mean you know i would like to meet you but i guess that's not going to (laughs) happen so you know it's just one of those things i i like to use cons as an opportunity to meet the people that i've spoken to online sure
0: yeah
1: yeah yeah so but uh yeah i'll I'll do a few panels for you (laughs) sounds good (laughs) I think I'm up to 17 now. I think it's time to call it quits.
0: That's that's a lot. Right. That, that's an awful lot. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, it's good to have I'll, you back Okay. Hopefully
0: the back to back ones are at least in the same hotel.
1: Right, yeah, no, there's only one point where I have to run like crazy from one hotel to another, so that that worked out pretty well. <laughs> hey, are
0: they, are they are they even using the Sheridan this year at all?
1: Well, theoretically, that's the big question because uh yeah. yeah, some of the tra- uh, the alternate history track and the apocalypse rising track are both really nervous because they're supposed yeah. to be in the Sheridan and there's this whole question of whether or not it will be fit for human habitation by that point so
0: and what about brit track brit track used to always no, be No, track
1: moved uh, i can't oh, okay. remember which hotel. i think it's the hyatt now it's in okay. one of the other ones yeah mm-hmm. yeah but uh but yeah so yeah i was i was hoping to get on the alternate history track for um Man in the High Castle and Timeless. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, uh, but uh, mm-hmm. they're those. They they were the last one to get their schedule together, and uh, mm. they're conflicting with other panels that I'm doing. So. Gotcha. So, but yeah, we were talking about the fact because they're like, well, the whole schedule's torn up if we get to the Sheridan. So who knows? Yeah. You know. So yeah, we'll see what happens there. But uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still uh, wondering if somebody's going to dress up like the guy from Monty Python and say, bring out your dead and walk in front mm. of the shirt. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, it's good to have you back on the show, Jen. Why, thank you. You're welcome. And uh, now it's time for our five-minute controversy. And uh, for anyone who's just joining us for the first time, the five-minute controversy is just a way for us to talk about a to- topic in geekdom. And just sort of give our thoughts on it. So it gives you a little insight into us and lets us loosen up a little bit before our topic. And so this week, um, I, uh, wanted to talk about a news bite that I got that Marvel is courting Giancarlo Esposito. Uh, if you're not familiar with his work, he's been on a lot of shows. Um, he has been on uh once upon a time he's been on revolution. Um, I believe the article said he was on breaking bad, which I haven't seen, but, uh, <laughs> I was
0: going to say, how can you leave out Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul? Oh, my God. Small
1: part, you know. Yeah. (laughs) I never heard of Breaking Bad until Mythbusters started doing myths off of it, like after it had already finished. Oh, my gosh. So, anyway. All right. But um, he's an amazing actor. He's also done some movies. Uh, He's an amazing actor. And so my question today, what role would you see him doing in Marvel? Um, so, Ryan, uh, let's start with you. Who, who would you see uh, Giancarlo Esposito playing? Uh, you know, that this is kind of like a, a, a tough one
3: in the sense that I kind of just want to immediately go villain with him, right? I kind of feel like he would be... Either something cosmic, I could almost see him. If they did it upright, as even like, um, see, I don't know how exactly they're going to do Galactus if they would ever get to him. But if they ever decide like represent him like as a regular size being, I could see, I could see him, or even as a Beyonder or something like an all powerful cosmic being. But if we're gonna go kind of like a smaller villain, I really feel like he'd be a good Kang.
2: Mm-hmm. Ooh.
3: I like yeah. that. Yeah. So, I mean, he's my if I if I could cast anyone and they were going that route with the story, I would
1: go with Kang. That is not a bad choice. I like that quite a bit. All right, um, Jen. I know that you're not a comic reader per se, but I know mm. that you've been around geekdom for a long time. Is there any uh, Marvel character that you know of that you think that he would be a good fit for?
0: So yeah, I've been I've been kind of. Mulling that over as well. um and and while I don't know uh, the comics, of course, we've got all of those properties that have just been acquired by from Fox
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, and it would be it would be a very different kind of take, but I was thinking he might make an interesting Dr. Doom
1: ah. Yeah, I was thinking along those lines too. Um, yeah,
0: I mean and and I and I totally get what Ryan's saying about well, you know, maybe we could look at, at not making him a villain, but yeah. I I know him from from Breaking Bad and I cannot see him as as not a villain. like right. like when I see him playing the mirror in in Once Upon a Time, I'm just like
2: get out of here. No. No,
0: this this I can't believe this. No.
1: You're not fooling um, anyone. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: so i mean there's there've been rumors and and i'm i'm out of the loop largely on on the uh the the scuttlebutt on the mcu to some degree but um there there've been a lot of uh at least a lot of speculation about um dr doom being uh the the next big thing the mm -hmm. next big you know arcs supervillain, um which i think would be super cool Mm -hmm. especially if they uh recast um uh, uh, what is it? Where was he from? Not Barovia. Oh,
2: Latveria. Um, Latveria?
0: Yeah, yeah, Latveria, right. If, if you make Latveria, um, Secovia, mm. um, that would, that would be a nice way of tying it in together.
1: Yeah. No, yeah. I, I was thinking that too, about Doctor Doom as well. I mean, he's masked, so age mm-hmm. isn't really as much of an issue. Um, Certainly, if, if you wanted to use him for any kind of flashbacks or whatever, mm-hmm. you would have to probably go with a much older Reed Richards also, mm-hmm. um, which is, is more in keeping with the comics. But most people get kind of disturbed by the age difference between Reed and Sue. So, you, yeah, know, true. More, you know, most of the retellings in modern times have made, you know, Reed and Sue's ages, uh, you know, closer. Um, mm-hmm. But um, you know, I'm all for it. I mean, as far as, I don't think the age is going to be a problem. And, you know, I mean, it's kind of interesting, too. I mean, having a person of color playing Doom, I mean, maybe you don't even need to worry about it being European at all. Because, I mean, yeah. Latveria is a MacGuffin. It can be anywhere in the world, oh, yeah. really. I mean, it doesn't need to be an Eastern European nation, so.
0: And, and not only that, bear in mind, Giancarlo Esposito, is his, uh, his heritage is mostly Italian. Mm. Uh, so.
1: Right. No, then, no, no, you, you know, played
0: a lot of Latino characters, but that's not actually his his own heritage.
1: Right, right. Yeah. And keep
3: in mind, he only has to have an accent for like one movie, and right. then, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> then he can talk normal.
1: You know? Yeah. But, uh, no, I do, Doom was going to be my choice, but that's fine that you took it because I had a backup. Um, okay. But, but, yeah, I like that. I think he would be a phenomenal Doom. I think because for Doom, you need an actor of that caliber, especially yeah. because he's going to be behind that mask. You need someone who can emote physically as well mm-hmm. as has the vocal talent to pull it off, and I think he could do that. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he would make a great Doom. Don't 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 cast a pretty boy like you did in the two thousand five Fantastic Four movie. But
0: hey, I, I thought I thought he was actually a a, a good actor for that role, but mm. there there were there were so many other things going going yes. wrong around uh. that that it was just uh. his, his his attractiveness was not the problem.
3: <laughs> Oddly enough, casting was like the least of the problems in the Fantastic
1: yeah. Four movies. <laughs> oh, no, I agree with everybody else. I liked everybody else, but uh, yeah, I think he he was a fine Lex Luthor. <laughs> <laughs> he was not Doom. But um, anyway, although that has to do with the script, too. Uh, so, Angie, uh, do you have a pick for who uh, Giancarlo Esposito could play in the MCU? Um,
4: well, the article that you linked us has mentioned Norman off. Osborne, which I think would actually be really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I've struggled with this because at first I was thinking who I would really like to see him play off of. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I kind of want to see him playing up against Mark Ruffalo because he's got like he's got that mm-hmm. very serious vibe where Mark Ruffalo has got a little bit more like warmth and um, kind of humor to him. So mm-hmm. first I was thinking what's like a good Hulk villain, like maybe if they redid Thunder Bolt Ross or something, um, but then I just maybe it's just because I did first see him in Once Upon a Time, I and it's kind of magicy. I I would really kind of like to see him play Mephisto.
1: Oh, ooh, okay, that's an interesting <laughs> one. Yeah, I never even thought about Mephisto.
4: I think he could be terrifying, and it would be great.
1: I, yeah, I, my, my thoughts naturally turned more towards the Fantastic Four and X Men just because we know those are coming. And so I was trying to think of characters sort of in those wheelhouses, um, but uh, although I guess you know, Mephisto and Fantastic Four, yeah, yeah. So there's some mystery there, but um, yeah, no, that's not a bad, that's not a bad casting choice. Um, for me, uh, my second choice after Doom, because I was thinking along the lines of Iron, was that maybe it doesn't have to be a villain, and so. I was thinking what would be like a really interesting role for him to play and so I think turning it in completely 180 what about the silver surfer
2: Mm
1: -hmm. that's another role where age doesn't matter that's another character with a huge amount of range. He starts out pretty, like if they go by, like the comics, he starts off like, because his mind has been messed with, he starts out pretty bland, but the surfer like, in comics in general, has huge emotional swings that I think uh, Esposito would be able to like, pull off pretty well and, uh, and so yeah, I, I was thinking that might be an interesting an interesting way for him to go, something different than playing a villain hmm. Hmm. I
3: don't know, I can see it I- I, I, I don't see it but I mean I mean I, you know to be fair I probably wouldn't have gone with Lawrence Fishburne as a silver surfer either for that right. worked yeah <laughs> but um I don't know. I, I Now, since Angie mentioned Hulk villains, I'm kind of stuck on him as the leader.
1: Yeah, no, I know. As soon as she said Hulk villain, I was like, okay, Cause they can ignore Because there was that one little bit in the Ed Norton Hulk movie where um, that one guy, you know, he, he gets the stuff poured on it. But you can just ignore that and just pretend that didn't happen. And, don't you know. ignore it and just recast. I mean, they've done it with Ed Norton, you know. No, that's true.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, no, no. He would make a good leader, too. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah, that's the great. I mean, that's the thing about Tino you know, Esposito. You know, I think he could play just about any of Marvel's villains really well. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, there's a lot of choices there. I think, um, but yeah, I saw that and I was just excited to have him in a movie. So you know, <laughs> however they want to use him, I think would be good but uh, yeah for once I don't really disagree with anyone's take so uh, <laughs> on one of these casting decision ones so um, yeah that's really cool that's really good I, I like everybody's choices it'll be interesting to see uh, if anything comes of this and if so like what they pick you know I mean you it, know it, it could be something way out of left field like he's Dracula or something in the Blade movie I mean who knows that,
2: that's, that's, oh, actually, oh,
1: yeah that
0: would also be amazing
1: <laughs> yeah. oh,
0: that'd be cool
1: uh, but I just want it to be
3: cuz like an actor of his caliber mm-hmm. it i want it to be a good villain marvel right. has had way too many great actors and like i like the way they wasted mads mickelson you know mm-hmm. is, is still mm-hmm. just bothers me to no end and so it's got to be
1: someone i wouldn't mind it being someone with an arch uh, an arc over multiple movies right and Mm -hmm. that's why doom i think is a good choice because like jen was saying i really hope that when marvel introduces doom that they don't even do it in the first fantastic four movie they do it in somebody else's movie and don't Mm -hmm. have doom intersect with the ff until like the second or third ff movie and build him up as a villain all across the mcu um because I think too many FF movies have been bogged down by trying to introduce Doom in the first movie too. Mm-hmm. And I'd rather they yeah. introduce the core four with a lesser villain and then bring in Doom as the, this is the much greater threat kind of thing.
3: Well, you see, Doom is like a Magneto villain where he's tragic and romantic mm. and all these other factors. So honestly, like I, I've said it before, don't do a Fantastic Four movie. Do a Doom movie that, at the very end, maybe introduces the Fantastic Four or sets them up or something like that.
1: Well, that's what, um, what was named Noah Hawley wants to do.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll see if his movie gets anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I I think Marvel is basically like you were you were working on this project with Fox. Thanks, good no for thanks. you yeah <laughs> but he's still pursuing it i know so you know i guess marvel hasn't right. rejected it outright yet right up there chinning tatum's gambit <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, i'll take bad ideas that should never happen for 100 alex All right. <laughs> okay but uh but yeah no this was this is really cool this is a lot of good ideas here um But uh, for now, let's uh, pause for a moment for a promo from another fine podcast.
4: Pardon the interruption. We'll bring you back to your podcast in just a moment. But first, promo four, the Cosmic Pizza Podcast.
3: Here on the ESO Network, three hosts recommend this podcast. I recommend it. I recommend it. And I recommend it. On the Cosmic Pizza Podcast, it's a slice of life as we discuss literally anything in the universe. Cosmic Pizza Podcast.
2: Here to serve all of your needs.
0: Wednesday, I'm here with you people. It's, like, wild.
2: No pizzas were harmed in the creation of this podcast.
1: And we're back and like we mentioned at the top of the show we are going to talk about jessica jones season three and um jen i don't believe you were on our season two podcast so i don't believe so yeah so so why don't you uh bring us uh, up to speed on uh on how you felt about jessica jones moving into uh the season? you know like season one season two what do you think of the show
0: Sure. Um, well, uh season one was of course amazing. I, I still put season one Jessica Jones, the the best of the Defender's verse, uh, by by a good margin. Um, I probably put Daredevil season three next, but um it, it was it was just phenomenal. It was it had a level of intensity that I don't know if I've ever seen on any other show. Maybe, maybe some of the the last season of Breaking Bad. but um it was it was intense. I couldn't binge. I still can't binge watch the first season of Jessica Jones because i I need I need a break <laughs> after after seeing a couple of episodes. So that was that was there, there was a very, 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 very high expectation going into season two, and I didn't really enjoy season two. Mm. Um, it was, uh, I mean, It wasn't bad but it was it was such a letdown after season one um i thought that i thought that the 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 main villain character of her mom was definitely interesting i thought there was there was definitely the the potential for some some really really strong emotional stuff on par with what we got in the first season but Nobody else is David Tennant. You know, you just, there's, there's no, there's no, uh, nothing that, that that could match the way that that character was played by that actor. Um, so I was, I was not real happy with it and not really sure where they were going to go with this season. Um, especially after it seemed like they had kind of painted themselves into the, a corner with the relationship between, um, Trish and, uh, and Jessica, um, but that's that's kind of where I was at going into this.
1: So, um, and sorry to people listening to this. You might hear the, the vestiges of me, like, swallowing food or something. I'm going to try to keep it to a minimum. But I am starving, and I've noted that I do really bad podcasting when I'm starving. So... I am going to eat, even though I'll mute my microphone for most of it. But um, anyway, Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, so let's start off talking about Trish. And I really wish Mark had been in this one just because I wanted his take on this because he has been all about Hellcat, Hellcat, Hellcat. Uh And even talking about this episode or this season, he was like, oh, you know, I love to talk about Hellcat. And the funny thing to me is we didn't get Hellcat. (laughs) We got teased Hellcat, but we did Mm -hmm. not get Hellcat. We got a villain we named got Trish Walker. Trish. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> but we did not get the superhero Hellcat. Um, so uh, that's why I posted that picture of um, Lucy from Peanuts yanking the football away. Because <laughs> 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 it's bait and switch. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so ending season two. I was like, there is no way they can come, you know, Jessica and Trish can come back from this. And I was really worried that season three, they were just going to, you know, sweep it all under the rug. And it was going to be like, oh, it's going to be some cheesy thing. They're going to get back together and she's just going to ignore the fact that Trish murdered her mother. And it's just going to frustrate me. And... And, and and they they made me think they were going that way cuz like by like the 3rd episode or something suddenly just cuz like yeah, let's work together and I'm like, "Oh god, really?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And um, I was so pleasantly surprised by where they took this season because you know, at the end of season 2 I was like Trish is the villain now, you know. She is not the hero. And I didn't think that they'd have the guts to play, you know, to follow through with that, but that's what we got. So, out of curiosity, um Angie, what did you think about how they how they dealt with Trish?
4: Uh, I think Trish was handled absolutely perfectly. And I think, I don't want to speak for Mark, but my impression was, were this story to continue and were Trish to get off of the raft, which she obviously would at some point, then we could potentially get a Hellcat out of it. Um, but season two showed us that she had a level of, self-righteousness sanctimoniousness that um getting powers did nothing to quell or temper (laughs) um and so this season was just so perfectly done and her realization that yeah you're the baddie at the end was perfect i i i had i had exactly enough amounts of irritation with her and understanding for her i enjoyed watching her i i just thought it was great as As compared to last season, where I kind of struggled, you know, I had to mull over every episode and kind of appreciate what they were going for. I just enjoyed watching her this time.
1: I mean, it was kind of interesting because they showed a little bit more of her childhood, you know, Mm -hmm. and you got, you know, some of her mother's influence and how, you know how she's kind of had this feeling that everything rests on her because of the way that her mother was like, you know, all these people's jobs, you know, they, like, rest on mm-hmm. you doing, like, the absolute best job. Like, oh, my God, you know, like, you are screwing up this kid for life. Um, but, yeah, the whole idea of, you know, Trish it needs to be the center of attention. You know, she calls the, uh, you know, the, the photojournalist to come take pictures of her and everything, mm-hmm. and she needs to be out there. And the telling thing to me, the telling line from her was when Jessica's like, you know, we're going to do, you know, this this deal where you're going to go to jail and everything. And she was like, but this was going to be my one win or this was going to be my yeah. win. And it's like your priorities are completely or you're not worried about protecting people. You're worried about getting your win, you know, mm-hmm. that, that your name is known as the person who took this guy in. So yeah, no, I, I think there was a lot of really interesting stuff that they did with Trish in this one and kudos to them. I did not see it coming in like the 10th or 11th episode or whatever, when they're at their funeral and Jessica sees the bloody knuckles and it's like, mm-hmm. I was like, Oh my God. And then, yeah, it all finally like clicked together. So, you know, it was, uh, I, I thought that that was really, really well done. Um, Ryan, what about you? What do you think about, uh, Trish's direction? Well, you didn't see it coming for the same reason I didn't, and none of us
3: did, because we didn't want to see it coming. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, in a rewatch, it would probably be obvious. Uh, I feel like <laughs> Trish is an interesting character, in, just in her contrast with Jessica. Um, and they're literally you know, night and day, uh, from style to, to blonde and black hair to, to everything. And this is kind of apparent in the fact that Trish's reasoning, her logic, she is not any different than Frank Castle, and we're fine when he mm-hmm. employs it, you know, but for her, it's crossing a line. Um, and I think Jessica, to bring it back onto Jessica a little bit, it's it's a matter of guilt because I think had Jessica been involved earlier on, maybe she could have prevented some of these impulses. A lot of it was in Trish to begin with, absolutely, because of her mother, but... I don't know if she'd had a stronger hand, a uh, guidance. That's just it. Everyone, uh, Jessica gets wannabe heroes gravitating to her, Malcolm and Trish. And then she throws them you know, to the wolves and this is what happens. So not to blame Jessica because Trish is responsible for her own actions, but there is a give and take involved there. I, I think ultimately, though, Trish was lost when her mother died. Um, that's what pushed her over the edge. Obviously, And that's where she just passed the whole point of no return. And this has been played out over two seasons, like from the way her mother abused her to the way she was basically pimped out to producers to, mm. uh, to, um, what, what was the revelation this season? I can't remember. But, you know, yeah, it's always been – I mean, think about it. the The best thing that's ever happened to Trish this entire series has been that great boyfriend she had in season two the <laughs> reporter. And, you know, she dumped him. And she felt nothing yeah. for
2: him.
1: You know? So it's just Trish. Yeah. <laughs> She's so destructive. <laughs> Yeah, I kept expecting that guy to be like a sleaze bag that was doing something yeah. wrong. It's like, no, no, actually he was a pretty good guy and she just, you know, wasn't feeling it. You know. <laughs> but, yeah. but um yeah, yeah. Um I don't know though. I think really like when Trish just straight up murdered Jessica's mom, that's that's kind of the point she was lost. Mm, She she was just sitting passively. It wasn't like she was coming at Trish and Trish needed to kill her in self-defense or anything like that. She was sitting passively right next to Jessica and just bam, and she's dead. You know, that is a cold-blooded murder.
4: We don't know that Trish knew the context. It wasn't that she could necessarily see that they were calmly talking. She saw uh, Jessica on a friggin' Ferris wheel with this woman sitting across from her. She didn't really know what was going on. And I think she let her assumptions kind of take over and, and thought, like, I have to save Jessica from herself, if you be.
1: Mm. You're giving her far more credit than I would.
4: No, I, I think that I think that's why Jessica forgave her at the end of the day, because it her mother was a mass murderer. And the, the, the leap was wrong, wrong in this instance, but I think justifiable.
3: Hmm. It's also worth noting that that, by that point in time she would already gone through the treatment to get her Mm -hmm. abilities, and who knows – we know what a version of that did to Jessica's mom. So it's entirely possible that some of Trish's mental issues were just pushed over the edge
1: by that. No, that's true.
0: That was that was something that I had kind of I had kind of assumed was was that obviously she, she was a very flawed person uh, to, to begin with and the the way that things sort of came together was was not going to make a healthy inf- uh, situation anyway but um, oh and I'm blanking on 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 the guy's name um, he's like an actual named uh, character in the comics um, the 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 big guy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like we saw with him, the his med, his uh, reaction to medication and whatnot. And so I was thinking between that and seeing what it what had happened with her mom that that maybe some of Trish, Trish's craziness uh, could be attributed to that. Um, but but then the, what we see this season is that you know it's. The way that Trish behaved made perfect sense once you understood more of why she is the way that she is.
1: Oh no, I agree. I think the context from those flashbacks was very, was very illuminating because, yeah, I mean, you start to see why she needs to be like. She feels like she needs to be the center of everything because she feels like she actually like it is all her responsibility. Yeah. You know? Yeah. She's single-handedly like saving the world. You know, just by, you know, going, you know, just by doing what she does. So, yeah, the mom, I mean, it's interesting because I felt better about the mom this season than I had the previous two where I, like, absolutely hated her. And this season, like, I felt better about her. But certainly in the flashbacks, it was like, oh, my God. You know? Yeah. It's no wonder Trisha's really messed up. And no wonder Jessica hates her so much. hmm Yeah. Yeah. But, um... But uh, yeah, and so um, Jessica, let's talk about her uh, arc in this season. Um, So, um, you know, we we have Jessica, you know, dealing with Trish. We have Jessica dealing with this psycho guy, which I, I still love the fact Netflix made us think. You know, like, this was going to be the villain. And it was so funny, because I was like, man, I'm so disappointed by this guy, and it's just, the mm-hmm. main switch is so good. But anyway, uh, so, you know, we had Jessica dealing with all this, and then realizing she has to deal with, um, you know, deal with Trish as well, and to the point where she just wonders if she should give it all up. So, um, Jen, thoughts on the uh, on the Jessica arc?
2: Um,
0: I think that... So, so I think that the the entire defenders verse is is asking the question: What does it mean to be a hero? Um, you know, to to what degree? You know, what are the lines that you can and cannot cross? Or, you know, are they different for different people? Are they different in different situations? Um, does does the fact that you have powers? Um, Put you in a different weight class, so to speak, in terms of your responsibility, um, to in in terms of the way that you you treat uh, regular everyday people versus um, other people with superpowers, and I think that that Jessica went through sort of. <laughs> A, a whole bunch of different permutations of that this year. Um, we saw her being, you know, trying to be a hero and trying to do the right thing. Um, I believe it was right in the first episode where she's, you know, getting a kid back who was quote unquote kidnapped, but they were kidnapped by their father who they love. So awkward. Um, <laughs> but um, uh you know, we, we we go through that. We go through her, you know, wrestling with how to deal with Trish, how to deal with this guy who's who's you know a, a crafty murderer, but not super powered on the same level that she is. And then then you've got the guy who's psychic, but he's kind of sketchy. And I mean, <laughs> every everybody in this season had had some some kind of skeletons in the closet, and so. Jessica was just kind of the the center point around which all of these these different permutations swirled. Um, and I didn't I, I think definitely it was it was an interesting character arc to see how her relationship with Trish. Um, has changed over the course of all three seasons, as well as within the course of this season, um, and and I thought it was interesting at the very end, where um, you know she she was about to say, "Okay, screw this, I'm I'm just gonna go lay on a beach in, in Cabo or something," and then she decided to go back.
1: Yeah, I was surprised by how people found that scene confusing. Because <laughs> apparently there were people who who were confused by that scene, the idea what? that huh? Yeah, that, why
0: the, why were they confused by it?
1: Well, I think it's the Kilgrave voice and everything, and I think people don't understand that that's just the voice in her head. That's the negative yeah. voice in her head, you are right. telling her to give up. Right. You know? And yeah.
3: um it's she'd... no different than when he manifested himself uh, in season two. In season two, yeah. I mean, it wasn't really him, it's just her subconscious.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, they've said that if they weren't being cancelled, they probably would have ended it with her leaving and then, you know, season four would pick up with that, you know, like, you know, how does Jessica come back kind of thing? But right. you know, they are like, We weren't gonna end the series with Jessica just giving up. Like <laughs> that would have been such an <laughs> right. awful message and so that's why they had that. And how she turns around and decides, Nah, I'm not gonna do that. Um So I I appreciated that, because, yeah, that would have been such a downbeat ending if she just, like, got on the bus and it was like, hey, that's it, that's Jessica's story. (laughs) (laughs) Credits! You're right, credits, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) She also had to deal with missing a spleen this season. Which was a weird thing that they did that they think for a couple of episodes, they did a really good job of showing like how awful that was. And then they ignored mm-hmm. it for like the rest of the season. So It's kind of like, yeah. was that just filler? Because <laughs> I I don't know why they, they had that in there. Um, but uh, yeah, Ryan, uh, what do you think about Jessica's arc? Well, I mean, they they had the spleen part just to show that she was
3: not invulnerable, that she could be hurt, and that she could, and that she could be hurt by someone who's not powered at that. Um, so I think that was the purpose of that. And uh, frankly, knowing having a, a relative who doesn't have a spleen, it, it's it's a couple of shots a year, and and you're fine. There, it's not much to it, um, unless there are complications from. <laughs> the reason you lost the spleen uh, you can develop diabetes and other issues but uh, Jessica's a quick healer so I, I didn't really have a, an issue with that um, ultimately I feel like Jessica was the balance this season that she was kind of <laughs> the rock or or actually more accurately Jessica had finally become a high functioning alcoholic um, <laughs> this season You know, yeah. she, she was able to to balance you know her personal life her work life uh, and all of it she she was living the, living the Jessica dream, in a sense. Uh, she had a great new assistant. Um, she she I kind of wish she had. I liked the the painter boyfriend, the landlord. So I was mm-hmm. kind of sad that he was just uh, it's not going to work. You're too nice or whatever. You know, <laughs> bye. You know? Uh, and so yeah. But I guess it was necessary to bring in Eric. Mm-hmm. Um, but
1: all in all, Jessica was just riding the storm that was the life around her i really missed the guy from last season too and i was kind of upset that they just started off and they did give us that one little flashback to account for it but yeah i because i thought that that was nice that it's like jessica they they gave her the male role right because usually it's the male hero and it's the single mom And, you know, they develop the relationship and he protects them and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I thought it was kind of nice that it was like the reversal of Jessica's protecting the single dad, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And I thought that was pretty cool. Um, But yeah, so, I mean, you know, it worked out okay. I think that the whole storyline with Eric was okay. But um, I I did kind of want them to to keep going with that story. Um, Yeah. Angie, Can I throw what,
0: something like? in about the about the spleen
1: part? Oh sure. Um,
0: I don't I don't know if this was intentional, um, but uh, the the spleen has had uh, different symbolic meanings, like in literature and and uh, like in old old timey medicine and stuff like that. And like if you vent your spleen, it means you're you're getting angry at somebody. And I didn't know if if on some level they were saying that she was that that she she was removing like that it was removing the part of her that was like like uncontrolled anger mm-hmm. and that that's why she like had her act together more later in the season but oh. that's just the english major talking right. yeah, say,
1: that's why you're the english major <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um so angie what do you think about jessica's arc
4: um I think the spleen thing is super interesting. I figured they picked it because it's a real fun word to spit out angrily. <laughs> so, <laughs> talk about their spleen. Um, it was just for laughs, I guess. Um, I agree with Ryan in that uh, I found that Jessica was her core self this season, you know, and she didn't have a lot of development in terms of becoming something else or something different or something better or worse you know she did what she has done these past two seasons right she gets hurt she ignores her pain she overreaches and and kind of reaches beyond her own capacity you know she gets one up on the villain and she has to gloat about it and that costs her um you know she does the things that she does she she pushes people away um but then at the end um I thought that it made it that that much more impactful that she turned on Trish because I feel like that was what the culmination of the second season would have been with her mother. She's struggling to basically hold her mother accountable, mm-hmm. um, and she didn't get the chance. Trish took that from her, um, and this season she runs up to the same issue. She has someone she loves that she feels in a, in a way responsible for, who she needs to hold accountable, and. But at the end of the day, just like in the first season with the Purple Man, she does. She does the right thing. So, um, I yeah, she is the core Jessica Jones. And the great thing is is they put that core in, in new and interesting situations enough that it didn't feel stale. It felt kind of welcome.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I really felt for her when she's watching Trish get led to... You know, was it a helicopter or was it a truck? I can't remember, but you watch as getting marched out of the prison. It was a helicopter, thing. You know, and she's watching from the fence. Yeah. And, you know, you kind of get this sense that, you know, like, Jessica's whole life has kind of fallen apart. You know, even though she didn't like Dorothy, Dorothy was her foster mom, you know. And, and, And we found that Dorothy actually cared a little bit more than we thought, too, because she left Jessica that chair that she really loved. And, you know, (laughs) which I thought was a nice touch. Um, and, uh, you know, she, she lost her mother who had come back, you know, she's losing her, her sister that she's had. So it's kind of like, you know, Jessica, Jessica's losing everything, but yeah, she had to do the right thing. And so, you know, she took Trish in knowing it was what was best for Trish too, because just Trish was just getting further and further, you know, from what she wanted to be and not even realizing it. So, um, you know, it's tragic in in the best sense. You know, dramatically. Yeah, but Jess only does the right
3: thing when she has her own code, I guess. And I, I, one of the decisions she made when she destroyed the evidence that could have sent Salinger mm. that just oh, the season could have ended right there. You know, <laughs> it it just that was probably the stupidest thing I think she did all season. That was my yes. biggest the low point.
0: There. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I also appreciated that they showed her actually doing some sleuthing. It turned out that the thing that they thought they were gonna find with Salinger wasn't the, you know, wasn't the thing. And it's like, who knew? People actually do get run over by tractors. You know? <laughs> but then she, they found out about the the other kid on the wrestling team that yeah. you know he murdered, and it's like, oh, okay. Well, we found something else. But I like I like they showed the sleuthing, uh, you know, side of Jessica. And the other thing that I have to bring up. Is we got a Luke Cage cameo, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which excited me so much because, you know, I figured we're never going to see any of these characters again, you know, and just watching Jessica's final episodes and we get Luke and we get the nice teases to Luke having gotten a little bit darker and that's all Uh we're going to get. And, and you see, this is what I'm wondering: is at what point in
3: the production of the season, did they know that this was it?
0: That I think they were, before they started.
3: Before they even started, okay. I think,
0: I mean, well, you know, it's, it's st- I think before they started filming, I don't, yeah. I don't know. They, you know, they, I'm sure they started writing it a long time before that. Yeah.
3: But, but they had time to tweak it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because I, that location thing definitely felt like a, hey, here's one you
1: know last gift for you yep. yeah well we didn't get a turk cameo so we had to get somebody <laughs> in there because my my thesis jen i think you you haven't heard this before is that turk is the glue that holds the the uh netflix the cinematic universe together right exactly because was know, he in punisher he oh yeah he's been yeah both seasons of punisher oh, okay cool yeah so turk because it's like uh claire you know she in the beginning she it seemed like she, she was, was gonna yeah. be the glue but she's never appeared in Punisher, and she hasn't been in any of the later seasons. And Turk has been in everything. There was just one season before this one. I can't remember. I think it might have been uh, Iron Fist Season 2. That might have been the other one. Anyway, there was one other season where Turk didn't appear. But Turk no, has appeared. he in was in Iron season- Fist Season 2. No, oh. he, it- he and Luke Cage tore up his smoke shop. Okay, well, so it was Luke Cage Season 2 I think he wasn't in then. Um, but, but it was one of these seasons Turk hasn't been in, but yeah, it's been kind of my thesis is that, uh, Turk is the, mm-hmm. is the glue here. And so I was kind of disappointed that he didn't get one last, uh, yeah. cameo, uh, in this season too, <laughs> but that would have been self-indulgent cause I don't see where he would have fit in here. But, uh, can yeah. we talk
0: about what a terrible person Jerry Hogarth is? Yeah,
1: Jerry. <laughs> yes. That was going to be one of the next ones I was going to talk about. So yeah. Uh, Jen, Holy you have the four cats.
0: I, I I mean, she's always been bad, you know, but this season she was just irretrievably like, like off the deep end evil in so many ways. And, and the way that she manipulates people and the way that she's selfish and, oh my God. And, and I wanted the closure that I wanted out of this season was I wanted Jessica to kill her. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I think it was worse what happened to her actually here's the thing see this is funny because because my wife was saying something similar is this really worse than letting Kilgrave out because I'm like she's already let Kilgrave out so what part of this is a, a, a multi-mass murder a man she knew was a murderer a man that she it, knew was
0: yeah I mean that uh, you, you, you're you not wrong it's, it's the fact that that happened and you know, her, her girlfriend, or was it her wife? I can't her remember. Wife. Her, her, her wife died in that season. She wouldn't sign the divorce papers. Right, 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 exactly. And, you know, after all of those things happened, y- you think that that's going to make an impression on someone and they're going to go, oh, well, okay, I, maybe I shouldn't be a terrible human being. But the the way that she, and I mean, she knew that she was dying And, and she just like the stuff with, with her ex-girlfriend and, and the blackmail and the manipulating and, and, and everything this season, you know, we started out with her basically asking Jessica to, to kill her, to, to say, you know, saying, I do not have the sack to go through with this myself, you know, will, will you do this for me? And you know, I I thought that it was it was going to, and that that was going to be obviously the the stuff I didn't foresee the stuff with Trish going the way that it did, but mm. I thought that was going to be sort of like the, the final, is this a heroic moment or not? Um, if if somebody has said I want you to kill me, and they're a bad person, and you kill them, then does that make you a bad person? Mm. Well, yeah, it see, makes the- you
1: doing their bidding, doesn't it? So mm-hmm. well, they you- win. Yeah, I mean, but that was, like, truly the most awful thing she could ask Jessica to do. Like, I got mad at her at that point because it was like, Jessica just had her mother killed and you're asking her to take you, Jerry, as one of the few friends she has left. You want her to be the one that murders you. (laughs) And that's why Jessica got upset, too, is like, like, don't ask me to do that um, thing. But, uh, oh, God. Yeah, and so, yeah, she just didn't want to be alone. She didn't want to be lonely. Yeah. So then she manipulates the ex-girlfriend, you know, to uh Yeah, you know, so get the guy. think
3: about her ultimate fate. She's going to die alone in agony, her body betraying her with no one who cares about her around. It's great. Mm-hmm.
4: I mean, I would argue that's why she's doing what she's doing. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah,
4: no. Except that she was always in type A hyper control. She's having to face the fact that she no longer has that over her own body. And she's exercising horrible control over everything around her. I don't know if it's lashing out or just like callousness. But yeah, asking Jessica to kill the powered person, you know, who could snap her neck to like secretly poison her at some point just seems so like... Get yeah, manipulative.
1: Mm-hmm. She's completely self-centered and cannot see how any of this is affecting other people. It doesn't care how any of this affects other people. It is all about mm-hmm. her. And how she doesn't want to like go through the indignity of dying slowly. Um but uh, yeah, I, I I I did at one point wonder why we continued to follow Jerry's story because I was just kinda like, you know, at some point <laughs> You know, we can just kill her off because we don't need to keep watching this, you know, spiral out worse and worse. But, you know, it, uh, I don't know. I guess, I, like, even with Jerry's intersection with Salinger, mm-hmm. at the end, it just kind of ends mm. abruptly. Right. You know, there's yeah. no there's no through line there. There's no thing where, like, yeah. Jerry was actually significant in anything that happened there um you know so i don't know i i i think we were just following jerry because she had been part of the first two seasons and it was kind of like well we need to have her in this one too Mm -hmm. well yeah i think part of it was getting her comeuppance at the end
3: but also i think it was uh she was there as the the temptation for malcolm or 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 the dark force for malcolm
4: well i also think it's a role reversal right she was I mean, yes, she is who she's always been as well. But in previous seasons and in the other Defender shows, she's a constant, right? You know that she's Mm -hmm. um, morally probably compromised, but at least morally questionable. Um, But she is powerful and she's connected and she seems fairly loyal if you're loyal to her. So she was a a constant, if, if nothing else. And now she's totally off kilter herself and kind of spiraling Mm -hmm. Mm um and so you don't have jessica doesn't have that anchor she can't get you know sloppy drunk and then go stumbling and asking for money like it's (laughs) just not like that 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 stability is not there Mm -hmm. and And is actually causing more problems
3: (laughs) and that's actually jerry's presence across the netflix universe that is something i wish they'd had the time or the ability to explore because we did get the impression that it's an entirely different jerry with um danny rand Mm -hmm. you know that that there's almost a uh, she's an old family friend there's an almost you know uh, favorite aunt type vibe going there or something. And mm-hmm. I think I would have liked for them to maybe, if they could have, found a way to explore that. But the closest we got is that, you know, Rand dumped her as fast as any other company.
1: Yeah, and her, oh. and her reaction to that was played really well after what we had yeah. seen in Iron Fist, where yeah. she just couldn't believe it. It's like, yeah. that's impossible. You know, get Danny Rand on the phone. It's like, mm-hmm. he's on some kind of crazy sabbatical or something. <laughs> There's a season three that's never actually going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I did feel... And that's the thing. That's the thing. Uh, the Netflix shows... And they're sort of light crossovers, the, the mentions that go from, you know, point A to point B. Mm-hmm. They're so well done, yes. and they enhance the universe so much. Whereas I feel like the MCU sometimes, because you only get, like, you know, a few movies a year or whatever, sometimes the references and things feel a little more forced, um, you know, and don't feel as organic. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm going to miss that. Um, you know, I'm gonna miss that interconnectedness of these shows because, yeah, every time I get a mention, you know, Luke shows up in Jessica's apartment. You mention Rand, you know, whatever. It's always or you hear
0: like Trish on the radio or something mm, yeah. on right.
1: another show, yeah. Or the the bulletin has an article by yep. um, Karen, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, it always made me excited. You know, it was always like, yeah, yeah. You know, that makes sense. And you know, it would be it's cool that we're referencing that and what happened there and how's it gonna impact this and. <sighs> I'm sad to see it go. Cause I think with the auction of the material you know, for for a while I held out hope. Maybe maybe they'll move them to Hulu. You know, we might we might still get them back. But now that they're auctioning off all the materials and everything from the shows, it's kinda like, Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's not gonna happen <laughs> yeah. now.
3: I mean Disney can a- Disney can afford to start from
1: with brand new material to
0: make another red suit you know? yeah exactly
1: you know. well sure but why would they if they had planned you know why would they auction off stuff if they had plans to to reuse this stuff so, Who knows? yeah yeah because they don't want to store it for two years and then the uh the clickbaity sites are all saying that you know marvel's going to reboot daredevil with completely new continuity <laughs> so
0: and maybe they are you yeah, know well. we don't we don't know i mean they're they're I, I do think that they've got their hands full with all the other properties that they've just acquired and that they're probably going to be spending yeah. the next five years like cultivating those as well as like all of their their new tv shows uh to carry on the the characters that that we no longer have in uh, in the mcu on tv shows um but uh who knows yeah. We'll see. Hope you know, maybe maybe they'll maybe they'll be cameos in movies or there could be all kinds of things.
3: And I mean, the reality is that while, well, yeah, the MCU it's all connected, it's, <laughs> it's not, all con- it, yeah, well, it's connected <laughs> up to whether you know it was Perlmutter or Faggy and the. Going forward with Disney Plus and all that, that's all direct MCU stuff, mm-hmm. and the Netflix stuff was just always the the redheaded stepchild,
2: mm-hmm. and,
3: and so honestly, I, I don't. I, I think they'll maybe reference the bring. I mean, if nothing else, we did get um, Jarvis. And end games. So, yeah. Yes. So, there's at least a mild acknowledgement that maybe. But it's like that meme, I'm sure you've seen that meme of the defenders in the hallway waiting for their portal to open.
1: Right. <laughs> Any second now the portal's gonna open. <laughs> Go <on. laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, if there was ever gonna be like a reference to them in the movies, that would have been it. Just show the portal of them three seconds of them step stepping through it and then cut away. Yep. That's all you need. It's not like we saw Howard the Duck all over that battle, we saw him for half a second. You know. It could have been CG. They wouldn't have even had to actually pay the actors. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> yeah, seriously, <laughs> oh, It would have gotten so many cheers, yeah. you know, or even see like you know the agents of Shield, you know, like stepping through some portals or whatever. You know, uh, I
0: mean, so, somebody mentioned online the other day, I and and I completely agree. I wish that there had been a line in Captain Marvel about uh, Coulson being like, "Yeah, there's this new rookie I need to to break in. Her name's May," you know, but. No such
3: luck. Well, I mean, but it really it comes down to Disney Disney can be very, very vindictive. And they weren't gonna plug Netflix, you know, in in their world record breaking movie endgame yeah. in the slightest.
1: You know. Sad but true. No, it's true. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Malcolm. Uh so Angie, we haven't started with you yet. What do you think about Malcolm's arc this season?
4: I found myself saying, Oh Malcolm a oh, lot. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I mean, he he gets a lot of leeway from me because he didn't ask for any of this and his life has kind of sucked and gotten derailed through no fault of his own. Um, but this season, I, I mean, I, I actually think it was really interesting to watch him playing off of Jerry where the things that she's casually asking for are things that are just destroying him him mm-hmm. um that was really interesting um but at the end of the day my only real thought is that he's being too hard on himself but he needs to like loosen up a little bit <laughs> um then again he did do some pretty awful things during the season so
2: mm-hmm.
4: i i think you know as, as a character it was a fairly predictable arc for him i guess um especially in comparison to say trish um but, you know, he he got put in terrible circumstances. He was making some bad choices and then by the end seemed to have pulled himself out of it. So I feel good about that. Um, but otherwise, he actually, I think, had the most predictable plot line this season.
1: Yeah, I um Yeah, the whole thing where <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know. The girlfriend's calling and he's with the other woman. It's just kind of like, oh, dear lord, you know. <laughs> Malcolm, mm-hmm. what are you doing? <laughs> I mean, I know what you're doing, but, you know. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, lost a lot of respect for him there. Um, because with Trish, you know, last season, you know, he thought they were actually going to develop a real relationship there, you know. And mm-hmm. Trish kind of used him, but, you know, Malcolm, uh, I don't know what he was thinking. But, um, Ryan, what do you think about Malcolm this season?
3: Well, okay. Like on the, you know, the Eric scale, like Trish is like a, a an eight and, uh, Jerry is like a 27. and Um, <laughs> I think she. I think he said that Malcolm was like a three, hovering, like you know, giving him a little bit of a headache, but not making him want to.
1: <laughs> oh, that's. They never got Eric near Jerry, no. did they? Because I would have loved to have seen Me, that. Like he just ex- like recoils backwards. <laughs> backwards. his eyes would start yeah. bleeding. The and, darkness. <laughs> yeah, exactly. His head starts spinning around like in three sixties. Yeah. But uh, so
3: I feel like uh, Malcolm. Malcolm's a puppy dog, you know, and you just want him to do good, but he's, he's been broken from, from even before, actually before uh, Kilgrave got him. I mean, he's always been like, like he said, the addictive tendency was in him. Kilgrave just brought it out. Mm -hmm. Um, and so he's just transferred that. In season two, they were already exploring the fact that he just transferred his addiction from drugs to sex, um, and that's continued into here. He he manages to channel, you know, not dealing with himself into. Uh, being successful at what he does, uh, becoming you know a master detective in like two years or whatever, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm always just kind of rooting for him. I-, I feel like more than Jessica, more than any of the others, that he he's got heart, he's got soul, and that as long as um basically as long as Malcolm says it's okay, I believe it.
1: In the end. So okay, because I was about to say, so is it okay to like um pay off the guy that was you know hit by a car because the Mm -hmm. celebrity was drunk i mean the guy said yes he didn't have to you (laughs) (laughs) he got a car out of it
3: (laughs) but you know it's also worth mentioning that malcolm felt so guilty about it that he gave trish the files on these people who were abusing the system
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. no it's true it's true (laughs) And didn't Malcolm uh, like stalk the guy and then end up like you know messing up his car and so that he couldn't mm-hmm. go out? Yeah. So yeah, no, I know he felt bad about it, but I'm just saying, just because Malcolm says it's okay, it's not okay. <laughs> he makes bad decisions. Well, Malcolm works best when Malcolm tries to help other people, not when he tries to help
3: himself. Mm-hmm. Like like season mm-hmm. two group therapy, Malcolm was up there. You know, season three, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna do what I have to do to make it the top so I can work the cases I want to work, Malcolm. Not so much.
1: hmm No, that's true. Uh, Jen, what did you think about Malcolm?
0: He was, I, I thought he, like I said, I I I see a lot of this stuff as as you know, answering the question, what what does it mean to be a hero? And he was somebody who very consciously and visibly was struggling with that. Was was asking himself, you know where Where's the line for me? Where you know, at what point am I okay doing something that's kind of sketchy because I need to I need to you know establish myself as a, a credible private detective so that I can then go on and do other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and unlike Jessica and Trish uh, who struggle with this and um, oh, psychic guy.
2: Eric, Eric.
0: thank you, Eric. Um, He doesn't have any powers. He's just a regular guy trying to answer the same question that they are. And the the seeing the the choices that he makes, (laughs) which are you know on on the whole, like like you said, that some of them are like, oh man, what are you what are you doing? Why are you doing this? But like at least he's making better choices than Trish. (laughs)
1: You know? <laughs> that's that's true. Yeah. So if we set the bar as you did better than Trish, then uh, pretty much everybody did okay. Uh, except Jerry.
2: Uh, <laughs> except Jerry. Even, even yeah. Jerry
1: did better <laughs> than Trish. <laughs> oh no. I don't think Jer- I don't think Jerry wants my cray right? You know.
3: I-, I guess you could look if you want to look at a continuum between Malcolm and trish of the ends justify the means you can see how they both reacted to that philosophy mm-hmm. and
2: trish
1: just embracing it and malcolm ultimately being horrified by it right yeah yeah no i mean yeah he he, he couldn't he couldn't stand what it was doing to him to to live mm-hmm. that way and to be that kind of person and you know that's the lie though i mean see so that's the thing it's like when people feel like, oh, if I just do these few bad things and then I get into a good place, then I'll be able to turn everything or else around. The problem is once you start doing a few mm-hmm. bad things, then it becomes easier for you to keep doing bad things. And so more often than not, people who take that philosophy just keep on with it, even if they do get to where you know they've made it in life or whatever so you know that's yeah it's it's a very cynical outlook and and yeah i mean he stopped himself before he went the whole way
3: and well i think uh, i could be misremembering but i think for malcolm it was when he was trish's captor and he he saw the path Mm -hmm. that trish was going down and he knew that he was you know further back but on that same path Mm -hmm. and i think that's when he Mm -hmm. realized he had to change his life he had to change where he was going and then mm. also throw in a, a prostitute. Yeah.
1: Just <laughs> <laughs> <Discuss>. just <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Cuz we're Netflix and we're edgy. Yeah. <laughs> I
1: don't know. Although when he when he told her like like when he got mad cuz she didn't want to be saved and he was just like you're going to die. You know, he's basically telling her like you're going to get killed whatever. He's like, "You know where to find me." And he just storms off. I was like, "Okay, that I kind of yep. liked." You know? <laughs> cuz just like, "I'm trying to save you, and if you don't want to be saved, that's on mm-hmm. you." Uh, and usually you don't see that, you know, usually people are like, you know, oh, I'm going to take you and, you know, make sure that you don't, you know, that you get saved and yeah, just let her decide. <laughs> um, so, uh, let's talk about Eric. We've, we've thrown his name around a bit. I, I thought for sure that Eric was tied into, um, Salinger, mm-hmm. like more than he, more than just the idea that he just sent something bad from him, blackmailed him. Um, but, uh. Yeah, I thought that um you know, he uh he he it was going to turn out that he was playing Jessica. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of pleasantly surprised that no, I mean as far as that's concerned, he was on the up and up. Um so uh so yeah, I mean um Ryan, what do you think about Eric? Um yeah, kind of I was kind of the
3: same way uh, in the beginning. I was like, "Oh, he's charming. Oh, he's gonna make her a sandwich. I like
1: this guy." You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, the random meeting in the bar seemed really coincident. Like, like it was like it, like the way he was, you know, just chatting with her and everything. I was like, "This seems like he knows who she is before mm-hmm. he even." It depends to her.
3: because but... we, we've seen Jessica hook up right with random people in bars before. So uh, if we'd never see if if it had ended there. I could have bought it, um, but ob- but he obviously he stayed stayed in throughout the series. And then also we find out that he was the target, not Jessica. And mm-hmm. uh, that I thought was ooh nice twist. Um, and so, but like the first third of the series, yeah, I'm suspicious of him. I don't necessarily like him. Second third of the series, I'm like, okay, I I kind of like this guy, and he's got you know the ability to be something good he's got this power he can be a superhero going back to you know what jim's been saying about what it means to be a hero here's your classic case uh Mm -hmm. and then and then the last sort
1: of (laughs) i have the power to get crippling nosebleeds (laughs) and headaches whenever i'm near evil (laughs) Best power yeah. ever. That oh, yeah. was <laughs> better than being moist. You fight crime with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: it tells you who to avoid, you know. But well, uh, sir. Although in reality, I don't know how that guy could live in New York. He'd need to be like an IOU.
1: Open know? <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, they did at least sell. I felt like they did a good job, like explaining why how someone with a basically good nature. Would want to really avoid this, you know, Mm -hmm. because I mean, seeing the amount of pain that it causes him and everything else that, you know, I I could totally get it. You know, like this is a guy who just would rather not be part of it, you know, than subject himself to that kind of
3: Yeah, It does make me wonder, though, if he could sense himself what he would sense. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. I mean, you know, blackmailing people is not necessarily a good thing. Um, No. Yeah, and, right. and but at the same time, his partnership with Trish kind of made sense for him. It was a way to, you know, uh, um, balance, balance the sheets or whatever. And it just didn't quite work mm-hmm. out. Trish took it a little far. Right. You think? Yeah. No. <laughs> like she does.
1: No. Yeah. Right, he was excited at first. Like, yeah, we'll get this guy on tape, you know, saying the things that he did, you know, and we'll... You know, we'll we'll be able yeah. to get him that way, and it's like, oh no, well, now he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> right. And as strange as it may sound, I think Jessica made him want to be a better person. Mm-hmm. Mm. No, I think she. I think she did. And that's the thing. It's like Jessica keeps wanting to avoid the word hero. Mm-hmm. But Jessica almost always has a positive effect on the people that yeah. she meets, right? I mean, she's she's saving people both physically and you know, uh, uh, metaphorically. You know, like or or you know, like they're they're they're. I don't know what the word for it is, but you, you know what I'm saying? Like their lives, She's like she say like their them. life path, mm-hmm. inspiring them. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, yeah, Jessica is really down on herself and Jessica has a lot of uh, mental health issues, <laughs> but she is actually, you know, uh, a, a really good hero, mm-hmm. you know? And so, yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's one of the interesting things about her character is, is that dichotomy. But, um, so, uh, Angie, what do you think about Eric?
4: Um, I ended up rooting for him. I got kind of annoyed with him at the beginning. Um, But I think if you consider his power and how that affects his personality, um, a lot of what he does and a lot of the oddness makes a little more sense. Like, yeah, it seems convenient that he just ran into Jessica. but And I know this was a line that he was giving um, about how like she gave him the opposite of a headache. But there's probably some truth to that, being around genuinely good people may actually have a more, like, euphoric effect on him. So he would be drawn to those sorts of people. Which I, And she's also pretty. So, I mean, <laughs> them, them running into each other in the bar didn't strike me as odd. He seemed a little overly persistent. Um, so I did kind of get the impression that they wanted you to think he might be the bad guy. Um, but, yeah, I just kept thinking, like, if if walking down the street had the ability to cripple you, just give you like a cluster migraine.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, how would that change your behavior? And it seems like every time he's out in public or in large groups of people, he is a total mm-hmm. But in private, in smaller groups, it's almost like you start to maybe get a sense of what his actual personality is. Um, mm-hmm. And I just, a kudos to the actor. I think he did a really good job with just those subtle differences. Um, and by the end of the season, I, you know, I I would watch the Eric and Costa show. Hands uh, <laughs> down. So, yeah. it turned out okay. Uh,
1: yeah. Are you listening, Disney? Are you listening? in In 2021, you can have that show. Excellent. Hey, they can show up in <laughs> Runaways. How about that? <laughs> well, no, no, they're not allowed to use any characters from the Netflix series for two years after the air date. So they're, they're not yeah, allowed to do anything
0: until I get my daughters of the dragon. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm with you there. Um what do you think about Eric, uh Jen?
0: I didn't really know what to make of him uh to start. I I didn't know if if he was going to turn out to be, you know, the 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 big arch villain or or where things were going with that. And the actor is good, but I just I I I wasn't I, I was interested to know what happened from a plot sense, but I guess I just didn't care about the character because he just seemed like a dick a lot of the time. <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't make me as angry as Trish or Jerry. So I mean, I guess it's you know relative kind of thing. I mean, he was he was interesting. He made for 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 a, a neat um, a neat plot device. Uh, you know, like like yeah. you said, it's 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 a great. Um, it's, it's a great excuse to be able to, you know, ask the question of, you know, what should happen to bad guys? Should bad guys go to jail or should bad guys, you know, uh, go free or, you know, or whatever? Um, so it just, I, I, I couldn't get interested in the character except as, in terms of his his plot function, I guess.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, the rogue with the heart of gold is kind of a trope, right? I mean,
0: It's kind of tired, yeah.
1: Right, but they, I think they did something a little bit different with it, um, certainly giving him that, that ability I thought was kind of a neat spin on that kind of character. Um, also, though, the idea that, like, you know, like, when Trish starts killing people at first, he's just kind of like, it's like... It's like this wonderful thing, like when the world just starts feeling just a little more right because she killed with it, and you know, and eventually he gets horrified by it. That it's like you know, but in the beginning, it's just like, oh, the headache is, the pain is gone. So for yeah. For him, this is like, this is wonderful, you know? And, and I think that he sold sort of the horror later at, you know, like the fact that he feels that way about it. Like he realizes that the killing is mm-hmm. wrong, but hit the person, so it's kind of the opposite of Jerry, who is all about being self-centered, right? right? You know, it's like he, 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 it's something that benefits him mm-hmm. personally. And he's just like, no, I, I, I don't want any part of this anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I think if you want
3: to, you could compare it to, uh, if you want to compare it to another series, to Despair from Cloak and Dagger, right? And it, it, he, mm. he got the, this high you know, when the pain disappeared, and so did Eric. He got this high when the pain disappeared, except Eric realized this high was wrong. Mm-hmm. And you know he mm-hmm. wanted nothing to do with it. But it would have been understandable, right. and that I was worried that it was going to go the other way. I could have just as easily seen him going down that path with Trish
2: mm-hmm.
1: and just needing to do this just to make the pain go away.
2: Mm-hmm Mm
1: mm-hmm i i see that's the thing i I, they did a really good job of making me wonder throughout the whole season like was eric you know first i thought that what was happening to jessica was all planned by him then i started thinking oh he was good but now is this going to throw him bad so you know i wondered about him for most of the show um for most of the season so and and in the end i like the fact that he didn't end up with her you know, because you know that's the other thing is, do they end the season with mm-hmm. uh, Eric and Jessica together? And uh, you know that they didn't because neither one of them is in the right space to have hey, that relationship she's yeah. broken. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that would have been too easy, you know, uh, at the end to be like, oh, you know, I lost Trish, and you know, you've been shady, but now together we can. We can pull through, you know, <laughs> we can heal yeah. each other. <laughs> um, so uh, so yeah, let's talk about Salinger. Um, I was kind of interested in the idea of Salinger, the the previews. Um, You know, the idea of somebody that doesn't like powered people and is just like an ordinary person going up against Jessica. And when they revealed that he has all these, you know, PhDs and everything, I was like, oh, okay, so this is going to be like the super mind kind of character. He's going to be like, you know, thinking like 20 moves ahead and like nothing that (laughs) Jessica can think of. Like he has. Yeah, those people (laughs) with
0: PhDs are like that,
1: man. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just like, oh, man, like this. This guy is by far, like, like the only problem is that he's good at covering his tracks and Jessica needs to find, like, some real, like, serious dirt on him. But, like, the idea that he planned for, like, every eventuality and everything was not correct at all. And so I was like, man, this is our villain? Yeah. You know, like, he is so lame. So I was kind of disappointed by And I mean, he sold the creepy. But I don't know. I just, I just was not feeling it from Salinger. I until until they revealed Trish as the real villain towards the end. I was kind of like, man, just, just have some kind of threat or peril or something that's uh, some somewhat more intimidating than this guy. Uh, did you guys feel the same way, uh, Angie?
4: Um, I wasn't disappointed. Uh, in fact, I was kind of intrigued and happy. Um, so I don't know if any anybody is into anime and watched um uh oh great now i can't remember it light the death note death note
3: ah um, like you got me
4: yes like yeah, the the second season of death note made me want to stab myself in the eyeballs because <laughs> it was this like light is so brilliant and so smart and, and the only person who was smart enough to catch him was this other guy and now he's dead and so now we have to have these two kids that like together are smart enough to catch him and it's so—it's just so dumb. It's the same thing as power with superheroes, where everything has to be—the stakes have to be higher and higher and higher. I yeah. loved that he didn't have any powers, and I loved that he just wasn't actually that smart. I love the fact that he would, you know, put these people in these horrific situations and then make these assertions about them, and they're just wrong. Like he—he <laughs> he totally misread Jessica completely. Mm-hmm. And, right. was,
1: and he didn't predict that it would be Trish. But
4: he managed to be very dangerous, even so. You know, he's mm. just wily enough to be really scary. Um, so I really appreciated that it wasn't someone powered and it wasn't a mastermind. It was somebody who was bright and totally committed and a little bit nuts on their philosophy.
1: Mm. Okay, Jen, what did you think about Salinger?
0: I was really bored with him.
4: Um, I felt I felt bad,
0: and and I felt uh, I felt guilty every every time I started be- feeling bored um, because I wanted to be like, oh, I see what they're doing with making it a non-powered person, and you know, making it so Jessica has to you know actually do more hands-on detective work and all that. But I just was like, am I watching CSI? <laughs> you know, I, I just. I didn't. I didn't feel like I was watching the show that I wanted to be watching. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it was it was a legitimate choice for what they were doing, and it you know, it all worked out in the end. But it just was not particularly fun for me to watch.
1: Yeah, until we got to the reveal and the idea that Salinger wasn't our big bad for the season, I was really down on it. But I think it was good misdirection.
0: It's it's good misdirection, but I also think that that it's not that there is only there can only be one bad guy mm. per season. I think that there is that that's something that has been set up with the 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 MCU movies as well as uh, the Defenders vs. seasons. Is that there's there's usually multiple antagonists mm. and usually there's some degree of switcheroo as to to who you think is going to be the bad guy um i mean like i said i i, f- I feel like we had a lot of bad guys this season
2: yeah. That's <laughs> like
0: fair. like almost almost every character you know was walking the line between are they a good guy or a bad guy it's for, for the whole season but uh but this yeah this guy just it was oh, he would have been fine if if it was on a different series. He would have been fine if if he was a daredevil villain even, but it just was not what I not what I signed up for with Jessica Jones.
1: And Ryan, what were your thoughts on Salinger? You know, I I kind of lean more um, with with Angie on
3: this one. I, I wasn't disappointed in him. I, uh, I I liked him well enough. I, <laughs> If the Defenders are the street-level Avengers, then Salinger is the street-level Baron Zemo. Uh <laughs> He, he's he's a psychological villain, you know? He 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 pitted he ultimately ended putting Jessica and Trish against each other in the same but, but way. But that wasn't his plan. That just kind of happened. Well, I'm not saying he's brilliant. I mean, <laughs> here's the thing: if you're a mastermind, evil villain, the first thing you don't do is put your PhDs up on the wall. You know? I mean... <laughs> the moment I saw that, I was like,
1: yeah, he's well, a poser. Well, that's the thing, though. He's also a narcissist. I mean, you know he. <laughs> He, he's, he's, he's obsessed with this idea yeah. that because he's he's worked hard I've put in the hours, I've done it you know, like, that, that he is he's special, you know, like other people just get things through this magic talent, mm-hmm. but I put in the effort so you he's know. got
3: a great work ethic,
1: yay um, <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but I guess my point there is
3: like and like it's the same thing when we saw his apartment and everything, I thought, Oh, okay, so this apartment's just an act. He's really got like an evil lair. <laughs> evil
0: lair, Yes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> this is it. You know? <laughs> I mean he's a bargain basement, uh, you know, criminal mastermind, super genius. Um uh, but and, and even still, despite that, he didn't disappoint me because he was what he was, which was basically uh, a serial killer, a, a psychological mm-hmm. serial. killer. No. yeah, it was maybe a little CSI or Mind uh, Hunters or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it was still entertaining because that's kind of Jessica's forte, right? I mean, it doesn't get any more psychological than Kilgrave. It doesn't get any more psychological than you know her issues with her mother. So mm-hmm. this is just a guy who is. As close to, I guess he's another example of if you could say that Kilgrave was pure evil because no one could tell him no, this guy was pure evil because he thought he was smarter than everyone else, and it's a different path to the same result.
1: Hmm. Well, fair enough. I just personally, I mean, my feeling is more like Jen's. I, I I kept wanting him to be more. I wanted him to be more capable. I wanted him to be more... Into- he, like, I, he picked a fight with Jessica. He picked a fight... He picked a wrestling fight with Jessica. Yeah. Like, and it's just like, oh, my God. I mean, how stupid are you? <laughs> like I said, he's he's book smart, not street smart, you know? Right.
3: <laughs> but on the other hand, he did manage to get Jessica to defend him on multiple occasions and to destroy evidence for him. And that's... mean yeah. feat. The-
1: yeah. No, true. No, although I think didn't we agree that Jessica destroying the evidence form was the wrong move? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he managed to get her to do it. You know? Yeah, I feel like that was poor writing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: Plot right. contrivance, never. You know? Yeah. Well, I
0: mean, it was. It was. It was, That was also to you know to to sh- showcase part of her relationship with Trish too, in terms mm. of what, what one would do and the other wouldn't
1: yeah no it's it's true
3: I mean, yeah again, we're dealing with someone who hid his trophies behind you know, a dresser, you know? I mean, who, dealing with someone who buried his first murder victim under their parents' their gazebo.
2: Parents. <laughs>
1: oh, okay, all right. No, 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 no. That was, that was like real villainy where he does yes, like the whole like charitable act for the family yeah. and buries the son in the backyard <laughs> under the gazebo. They that, the that whole was like wrestling super genius, team. You know? Right, yeah. That was, that was actually both really smart and also like truly despicably evil. So. I give him credit on that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh. Um, but it was
3: too easy for Jessica to push his buttons. I, mean, I won't disagree with that. Yeah. Yeah, he's certainly... I mean, he a lot of he was, he's control. basically... Okay, If if... Kilgrave is like, you know, misogyny, then this guy is basically men's rights activists. Yeah. You know, (laughs) he's got all the answers. He's smarter than everyone else. If we just listen to him, things Mm -hmm. are much easier.
0: He's (laughs) Captain Well, actually.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, see, I kept expecting, like, oh, he already knows all about Trish, He's he's got it all figured out, and it's like, no, he was completely surprised that Trish had mm-hmm. powers, that she was the one that came when the mother was killed and everything else, it was just like, yeah, so. I thought that, like, he mm-hmm. was going to release pictures of Trish, you know, in the costume and everything, and I, yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, that was the thing that when he was beaten up, he used as the leverage, but I thought he had all that information well before that, and was going to end up having some master plan around it, but
0: but, yeah, I, yeah, I was expecting Baron Mordo, and we got Baron Zemo. <laughs> you
1: know, but mm. I, I will say,
3: I, I guess to bring it back to just his and Jessica's relationship, the end when she used his own tricks on him—that uh, was when you know she let him think she was tied, she tied mm. up, and you know drugged and everything, and she got it all on tape. I mean, yeah, mm. it, it was kind of obvious, but I got a lot of satisfaction out of it.
1: No. Yeah, the fear that he had, too, like when they have him downstairs and he hears all the people getting beaten up and everything. And he's mm-hmm. just like, you got to get me out of here. You got to get me out of here. You know, do <laughs> I? Like he, do he, I? Though? He, he, <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He got his comeuppance. So, yeah. you know, Um. so, yeah, Um. things that we haven't. Like, is uh, there anything from this season that you wanted to talk about that we haven't gotten to yet? Um, let's start with you, Ryan uh pass (laughs) okay angie
4: um two things cost is awesome i loved him
1: yes um okay sure
4: the the other thing was um when kith left jerry at the end it was like the perfect comeuppance but i couldn't help but think that they were so perfectly awful for each other Like, because I, I, you know, I we mentioned that you know Hogarth was manipulating Kith. I, I think she was trying to. I don't know that she actually was. I think Kith is just as horrible as Jerry, just in kind of a different way. Mm. Um, and and kind of figured out what she was up to, used her to get what she could, and then, you know, jammed the knife in before walking out the door. Um, so I just wanted to throw that out there.
1: Okay. Uh, Jen anything that you want to talk about that we haven't talked about
4: no I think I mean I
0: think we we, we pretty much you know touched on all the the main points I will say uh, I loved the, the uh, Jessica's uh, administrative assistant and I yes. loved her her taking uh, taking a stand <laughs> at, at one point and being like nope mm-hmm. this is I'm closing up my stuff and going home for the day it's 501 <laughs> exactly exactly yeah.
2: um,
0: but uh, but yeah it was uh you know it was good i loved i loved seeing luke cage again um but uh mm. but yeah it's just it's just sad that the the whole this whole you know glorious experiment is over uh because i think that there were there were a lot more interesting stories that could be told with those characters, but uh, hopefully, and 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 I think that the casting in in the Netflix series has been just flawless. I think the movie casting for the MCU is flawless too. Um, but uh, mm. it's it, the, the these all, all of well, with the exception of Danny Rand, who is just
1: <laughs> I was about to say, so Jen's endorsing, no, 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 I'm not.
0: Um, but you know. everybody the 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 main cast in daredevil jessica jones and and luke cage i think were all phenomenal and it's hard to imagine another jessica jones now
1: yeah Hmm. yeah no i'm i I was going to get to that uh sort of final thoughts on on netflix as a whole but uh but just talking about jessica jones the thing that i'm going to miss and that they, they went back you know in the first season of jessica jones we had this idea of, like, people killing uh, powered people. You know, mm-hmm. there was like, an episode devoted to that. And I kind of like the fact that that's sort of, like, the one of the niches that Jessica kind of occupied. Because the other Netflix shows didn't really deal with that idea mm-hmm. that much. But, like, this show has kind of been the idea of, like, how do people on the street view, you know, people with powers?
0: In in our current political climate, I think you could have done an entire season just exploring that. Um mm-hmm. you know, a little mini uh mini X Men kind of kind of thing of, you know, if if people are different, does that make them you know, should we treat them differently?
1: Right. Right. And and so yeah, I, I've I've liked the fact that we see that side of people who are just you know for you know on different levels yeah. you're scared of people with powers you know you've had the powered serial or not serial killer, but you know killer in, mm-hmm. and Jessica's mom you've got you know this guy who yeah he didn't hit, like anyone with any particular talent but when superpowered people emerged that was even worse cuz it's like you didn't work for any of that you just got an injection or whatever mm-hmm. you know and you know you now you have all this you know power and so um, I mean th- this show picked up the idea of the raft and
2: ran yes. with it
3: and i loved that uh, pr- i think one other show i can't remember which mentioned it offhandedly luke cage, or luke cage okay yeah otherwise it's it, that's something which has basically been forgotten about and and while we never saw it in the netflix universe it was
1: ominous and it was there mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm going to miss that. You know, I, I know with the X-Men coming into the MCU, the movies are probably going to start dealing with that sort of thing. But the movie, and this is, this is my disappointment, TV can do so much more than movies can mm-hmm. just because there's more screen time. So you can develop a lot of these ideas that you just never get to develop in the movies. And the problem is the movies now are gearing more towards each movie being a team-up movie. So a lot of, like, the ideas that you can get in, like, a, a movie with just one character and their supporting cast... You know, kind of get lost for the scope of now. We've got Doctor Strange and the Scarlet Witch, or mm-hmm. you know, like let's merge as many characters together as we can, kind of thing. So a lot of these sort of smaller stories or stories that develop ideas that were already introduced. You know, those are gonna kind of go by the wayside. So um, I, I I I'm I'm gonna miss the 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 you know the Netflix stuff and the fact that it could do this. Uh, you know, and even with Agents of Shield going away, that's that's a lot of the you know television side of things you know, it's going to be gone. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of sad,
0: but at the same time, we're, we're getting Loki and vision and Wanda vision and, and all those other things. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. but a lot of those are going to be really, really like either alternate stuff or side stories or whatever. Oh, yeah. So it's kind of, it's not quite the same thing. Mm-hmm. But. I mean, it, it's, but at the same time, we were never going to get
3: a movie of Falcon and uh, the winter soldier, sure. you know, just the two of those. Mm. So a six hour series is Perfect. Plus, plus, let's be honest, Disney Plus is going to have Disney money behind it, not Netflix. Sure. yeah. So,
1: yeah, the production values
3: are going to be phenomenal.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and that's one of the ones that isn't going to be alternate. So, I mean, that, that's that's going to actually, you know, tie in with everything. But, you know, like Loki is going to be all about the parallel universe Loki that got away with the Tesseract. So, you know. It's not. <laughs> you know. Maybe. maybe. Uh... No, that's the article I just read, anyway. Um, so... <laughs> Was it Cosmic News? No, it <laughs> wasn't Cosmic News. It's not. It's not. Um, but, uh, anyway. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so, Jen and I have talked a little bit about uh, Netflix winding down and everything. Uh, I guess the question that I really wanted to ask is, you know, for somebody who hasn't been watching these shows... Would you still, do you feel like they ended satisfactorily? Would you recommend somebody watch it, watch them? Or would you just kind of, you know, be like, oh, you know, it's not worth it because you're just going to feel, you know, sad at the end. Um, you know, Brian, what do you think?
3: Yeah. I mean, with the exception of Iron Fist season two and Luke Cage season two, um, Daredevil and so I guess half of it and Punisher, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but uh, right, right. Daredevil, Jessica Jones, and uh, to a certain extent Punisher, were conclusive. Uh, I feel like you mm. could watch them from beginning and yeah, you want more, but you don't necessarily need to get more. Um, along, I liked this season of Jessica Jones. It felt you know a good complete season. But in the context of the entire Netflix universe, I kind of wish Daredevil season three had been the last season of anything we'd gotten. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know, maybe Mm. for the symmetry of it, it started with Daredevil, it ended with Daredevil. But I also just feel like, in regards to story and and place in the um, Netflix universe as a whole, it would have worked better as the
1: uh, end cap Mm. to, to the Netflix series. I wish Daredevil Season 4 had been the end to it. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Let's just count, count our stars that it wasn't Daredevil Season 2. Okay?
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: seriously. Oh my god.
1: Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Daredevil season two <laughs> game of The Hand. I was excited. I was through the roof. Uh, <laughs> Wait for the hand series. All my hits off, Um
0: Talk to the hand. <laughs> I'm
1: just saying
3: we have yet to see the New Jersey
1: hand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, um so Angie, uh do you think that uh that ne- the the Netflix experiment was worth it?
4: Yeah, I do. And um you know, I think somebody, having not watched any of it, uh, asking about it, I definitely, knowing that it's over, wouldn't recommend watching all of it, I think. Um, I, but I definitely, I mean, I would always recommend some people watch Jessica mm-hmm. Jones season one, the Daredevil. See, I mean, it, the. I would recommend they watch it. I think they could probably skip Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. Um Hand Maybe Defenders. defenders. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, I, I I think there's a lot of really neat stuff that's packed in here that we're unlikely to see in the the, the movies, the the cinematic. Mm. There. So, yeah, I'm just really sad that I'm never going to see, you know, a Wakanda Houry Center in Harlem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. I wanted my epic meeting between Wilson Fisk and Luke Cage. Yeah.
4: Yeah. yeah. They'd both be rocking really awesome suits. <laughs> yeah. there might be some hats in there.
3: Well, where do you think they
2: meet? They meet at the tailor. <laughs> <you know? laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, but then again, I didn't expect Fist to go back to jail at the end of season three of Daredevil, so I thought maybe he'd be moving in on Harlem at some point and then they could do like him as a Luke Cage season three character. But, you know, whatever. Hmm. Um, so, Jen, yeah, so at the end of the day... Was, uh, was the Netflix experiment worth it, or are you just upset?
0: Oh, absolutely. No, absolutely. I, 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 we, we, got, we got some amazing stories, some amazing performances. Uh, we, we got to see a kind of story that they're, they're ne- never going to tell in the movies mm. because, because reasons. I mean, my all-time favorite MCU movie is Winter Soldier far and away and winter soldier is in many ways the most low powered of of all of the movies the 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 fights you know are are minimal cgi because nobody's you know nobody's flying nobody's you know doing doing crazy or anything but um this this was uh (laughs) okay
2: yeah there's
0: but um but there's uh this this gave us I mean you you know my my love of a good fight mm-hmm. scene and and my my gripes about uh, a lot of the fight scenes on on TV and the fact that they're in the dark half mm-hmm. the time I, Daredevil gave us like two or three of the best filmed fight scenes like mm-hmm. ever
2: yeah.
0: um, and and the the you know, the things that, that Luke Cage did in terms of the way that they melded, the, the the things that you can do with music and with color and with cinematography were, were just, just breathtaking. Um, that was, interestingly, Luke Cage on the TV side and Black Panther on the movie side uh, had two of the strongest supporting casts of women. In the entire MCU, mm-hmm. um, and just just so so well done and so well developed, I really have nothing nice to say about about Iron Fist except Colleen's <laughs> awesome, and I wish I wish we could... I, I, I want my daughters of the Dragon, but uh, beyond that, um, yeah, I, I think you know, defi- definitely. Uh, uh, Jessica Jones season one is my favorite followed by Daredevil season three followed by probably Daredevil season one um, and then the Luke Cage stuff. But um, yeah, it's they've, they've done some amazing stuff and I think that it's, it's worth watching the, the seasons that are good mm. <laughs> and it's worth taking 10 minutes to read a summary
2: of the seasons that are bad. (laughs) Yeah.
3: I mean, to, to real quick, you know, follow up on Jennifer's point there by any metric, these shows overall, this experiment overall was successful in terms of viewership, in terms of quality uh, Mm -hmm. across the board. Let's make no mistake about it net the netflix mcu shows were killed over politics over mm-hmm. internal business decisions and it had nothing mm-hmm. to do with uh the shows themselves
1: yeah well i mean we think that but netflix never releases their well, numbers so granted we don't well, know that for sure
0: but, but we know that disney is starting a streaming service uh, right I mean, no
1: i that? i know I know, but I'm just saying that, you know, because I, you know, like, we, you know, we know people who have, who watched one or two of the shows and then, like, just dropped it, you know, so, I mean, do, do we really know that going into the second and third seasons of these shows that, you know, the numbers were still, you know, there, that were there in the first seasons, you know, it's different being a hardcore fan than, you know, people who are casual you know, it's, it's,
3: I'll grant you it is an assumption, but it's one that I feel pretty safe making, and I would bet decent money on it uh, on on viewership for, with the possible exception of Iron Fist two, of <laughs> Luke Cage, of Daredevil three, and Jessica Jones three, of all having decent you know, viewership
1: ratings to at least justify uh, uh, all other things. yeah. Yeah, True. Sure. No, and I can't deny that either. I just know that it's become increasingly harder to find people to do these podcast episodes because they're like, "Oh, I haven't watched it," you know. So that's anecdotal, but I'm just saying, you know, if that's a if that's a cross section of the actual viewership, then uh, no. That's you know that that's troubling. Yeah, but that's also there's just so much to
3: watch, and yeah. why watch something you know is like it's like I still haven't watched humans mm. yet. That's my <laughs> one blind spot. You <laughs> do you don't. do you, you still don't.
1: have do you have it like queued up somewhere yeah, on a DVR I or something? I, yeah. <laughs>
0: That's but that see, okay. If that's your blind spot, you're, you're better off putting out your eyes than opening up that blind spot. No one should ever watch it ever.
1: <laughs> you well, well, Ryan, I did a whole episode that was I watched it so you don't have to. That was part of the title. <laughs> <laughs> so just listen to that episode. You're good. good. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, um Oh God, and humans. Why did we invoke humans? <laughs> no, the show that you really need to watch that you didn't watch, Ryan. What both show, you just need to watch Black Lightning, and you need to watch The Gifted. Yeah, those are the two shows that you haven't watched. That you need to well, watch. I'll watch Black Lightning before Crisis because you know it's going to be involved.
3: But that—that's <laughs> exactly right there. Any of these Netflix shows would have been just fine on the CW. It, they would have been just as good as any uh as any season Uh, of the flash uh, 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 (laughs) they would be way better than anything you're insulting (laughs) these shows
1: they're way better than anything that's been on the cw except maybe arrow season two
3: yeah fair very yeah yeah yeah. arrow season two could have been on netflix
1: right exactly yeah that's the pinnacle of what the cw's been able to do um (laughs) yeah so like for me um I'm not anywhere near as down as everybody else on the Netflix and some of the Netflix seasons. Uh, I I enjoyed every single one of them, Uh, some more than others. But, yeah, I would recommend somebody watch the whole thing um, because I think every show and every season has had something to recommend it. Iron Fist Season 1, definitely the hardest. But that also has to do with my love of the character and the fact that they bungled it. (laughs) so i found it hard to watch um but uh yeah season two i thought was a was a very good redirect there but um all right so yeah i i i hate to say it but i think this is a cap on uh the marvel netflix stuff um maybe one day i'll do a retrospective since i only started doing these you know, with the last few, you know, uh seasons that came out. So maybe someday it'll be nice to do like uh mm. let's just binge watch, you know, all of one show and talk about it or, you know, talk about Marvel Netflix as a whole or, or whatever. But uh yeah. Yeah. That's right. Angie and I still need to do our thing once I catch up on my podcast. <laughs> I still haven't forgotten about you, Angie. Hey,
4: it's all right I can't believe it's the middle of August already, so.
1: Right, yeah, no, I know.
3: I mean, don't worry, there'll be a what-if episode. You know, what if the MCU acknowledged the Netflix shows?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the show I have the most question marks around, because some people are thinking they're going to do like weird esoteric-like, almost philosophical what-ifs like that, I, and I suspect that it's going to be more like what if the Avengers hadn't right. stopped Sokovia from yeah. falling or something like that, more of a hard, like, you know, like, this is an event, yeah. what if it went X instead of Y, you know, kind of thing. But I guess we'll see. Um, all right, so, um, so yeah, um, let's uh, say our goodbyes and uh, let people know where they can find us online. So um, let's start with you, Ryan.
3: Okay, well, uh, yeah, I'm not going to say goodbye to the internet. Uh, However, that being said, uh, I am at least on the moment on something of a a creative – or not creative, but at least – output uh productive um spree by
1: that he means he's made a post to his website Two, I've made two. Uh, <laughs> and i've got a third one in the works the renaissance of creativity hey, you know, it's
3: productivity okay it's a start you know? <laughs> because if you want to know my opinion on hobbs and shaw the only fast and furious movie i've ever seen go to my website <laughs> did
4: you like it i haven't seen it and i'm gonna um it was fun
3: i honestly don't think you need to see it in the theaters but uh it was fun i mean you know you could do worse
1: <laughs> you know
3: go to geekstranger.com and read my review <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
1: what a plug well, you
3: <laughs> and you can also find me on twitter and uh Facebook, uh, Twitter at Geek Stranger, and uh, that'll get you to my Facebook page. And I'm so into this, I even started an Instagram account um, once I figured
1: out what my password was. And so, yeah, (laughs) it's happening. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Angie, why don't you say goodbye and let people know if they can find you online? Uh,
4: Yeah, so this is me signing off. Um, I apparently have all sorts of social media accounts that I forgot I created and don't know how to get into. Um, so you will not be able to find me there, only here.
1: <laughs> yeah, I loved it when you asserted that you didn't have a Twitter account, and I'm like, but I found it. I, no <laughs>
4: and
2: it's a picture of a you, so it me. has to
1: be you. <laughs> but. <laughs> yeah. um, Jen, why don't you, can you say goodbye and let people know where they can find you?
0: Uh, goodbye, everyone. Um, I, you... It's not that you can't find me, but I'm challenging to find. Um, I'm I'm not I'm not having uh, undergoing an internet fast by any means. But um, uh, my Facebook is I don't friend a lot of people, um, and I don't make public posts. So unless you already know me, that unless you're already friends with me, probably not going to see my Facebook. Um, and I do post occasionally on Twitter, but uh, you know. Not not much. I repost things. I you know a lot, a lot of it is academic stuff. So yeah, basically just mm-hmm. just look for me when I when I pop up like Brigadoon on a podcast.
1: <laughs> or you can look for her as, uh, on edited credits in uh, in the table of contents and, and RPGs coming towards you.
0: <laughs> that that is true. I, I'm working on the the Fading Suns uh, products uh, that are coming out from Ulysses Spiel and Holistic Design.
4: If you need beta testers, I volunteer cool. as tribute. Excellent. I have nothing to do with that, but.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, Angie, Jed, and Ryan, thank you so much for being on the show.
4: Thanks for having thank us. Thank you. Yeah,
1: it was fun. And that's it for Jessica Jones and for all of Marvel Netflix. What do you think about those shows? What do you think about our review? You can let us know in a bunch of different ways. One way is to email us at everything at 42cast.com. Another way is to go to our website at 42cast.com and leave a review on any of the episodes. You can also go to our Facebook at facebook.com slash 42cast. You can get a hold of us on Instagram or Twitter at 42cast. You can also leave us reviews on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Apple Podcasts is the most valuable for us because the more reviews that we get there, the more likely we are to show up in searches. So if you have an Apple account, if you haven't let left a review yet, please do so. I also want to let you know about the ESO Network Patreon. That's a way that you can support all the shows on the network. There's different tiers that give you different perks. Some of those perks are early episodes of some shows, exclusive episodes of some shows, and some exclusive ESO Network podcasts only available through Patreon. So you can check that out by going to patreon.com ESO Network. You can review the different tiers, what you get for the tiers, and if you have the money to contribute, we would definitely appreciate it. You can also find me on two other podcasts that are on hiatus right now, but will be returning this summer. One is Time Streams, where my friend Juliet and I are going through all of Doctor Who from the beginning. You don't have to buy the episodes because we explain everything important that happens. So if you just want to listen to us talking about Doctor Who, you like our banner, you like whatever, you can do that. But if you have access to the episodes or want to buy the episodes, then you'll definitely get more out of it. So, once again, that's time streams. We've go- already gone through a bunch of episodes of Doctor Who. So, I mean, even though it's on hiatus, if you haven't checked it out yet, you can check it out. The other one is Legendary Forces, where Juliet and I, again, this time joined with Joe, Ashley, and Corey are going through all of Star Wars fictional media from the beginning. So that's the comics, novels, movies, TV shows, anything that happens in the universe. We're not reviewing media like fanzines or anything like that. We'll tell you how good the stories are, but then we'll also review them in the context of what does this mean for Star Wars? What ideas about the series continued on? What got changed? like when new movies got released and the canon was basically updated you know what of the extra materials still worked with that new system and so we discussed all those kinds of things and that's legendary forces if that sounds interesting to you check it out we've already got a few episodes up there but we've recorded many more that are going to be up there soon at this moment I have nothing new to talk about as far as stuff Beth and I are watching I'm recording this outro pretty soon after the last one that I've recorded. Other than that, we have gotten into the back half of Titans, so we can finish up that show, but that's really the only update that I have there. Still going to Chicago TARDIS, still going to Fan Expo Chicago. So again, if you're going to either of those, you hear my voice, feel free to say hi. Uh, I always like to get that kind of feedback. I get it quite a bit at Chicago TARDIS. Not sure I've ever had it at Fan Expo, Chicago, so that would be a cool new experience so yeah, if you if you hear me, definitely uh, say hi that you listen to the show. I'd really appreciate that. Well, that's a wrap for this week. Join us back next week when Rachel Ziegler will not be joining us. And until then, this is Nathan signing off.